we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 27, 2015. And I just checked the uh, <clears throat> just the headlines and stuff. And just as the Pope addressed the UN and pushed the whole climate change and the whole um, taking in more legal aliens agenda, Obama's you know done the same thing. And, and this is from Wall Street Journal: Obama to press growth climate issues at UN. Um, president to advance foreign policy goals at General Assembly amid new challenges. He, he's going to have the the, uh, the same agenda here. Um, <clears throat> and it says, o Obama's appearance at the United Nations this week is essentially his last opportunity to use high-profile global platform to press his foreign policy agenda, which is facing new challenges as he enters his final year of office. Um, basically, what it boils down to, what it sounds like it's going to boil down to, is taking in more Muslims, taking in more legal aliens, and pushing for um, global regulatory uh, climate change, Agenda 21 stuff, which is, you know, exactly what the Pope is doing, just doing it probably a little bit differently. And, um, but climate change is, is, the big, is the big one as well. So, anyway, that, that just kind of confirms what we're seeing here, this push from the most wicked factions of the world's government and if you know if they're pushing, if you know of some some entity that is pure evil and totally wicked is pushing it, well, then you know it's evil. You know there's a nefarious evil agenda behind it. <clears throat> now, going further, we have, this is by uh, Don Boys, and he wrote an article entitled, The Pope's Church is the Largest, Richest Corporation in the World. Pope Francis is all... all often indicated his desire to help the poor and he often criticizes capitalism well so then prove so then to prove he means business it is only fitting that he sells off his church's incredible assets at a massive yard sale i couldn't agree more according to the vatican's billions which i used to have a copy of that book and and i don't know if i gave it away or what you can't find it anymore it's out of print <clears throat> i believe that if you do find it you're going to pay a lot of money to get it uh like for a used book anyway the vatican's billions by arvo manhattan what a name arvo manhattan i mean that's a that's a catchy name anyway um the vatican has billions of shares now this book was written quite a while ago i mean probably 90s you know so who knows what they have now the vatican has billions of shares billions and the most powerful international corporations. I mean, what is what does a church have doing, having any of this? There, there's no mandate by Jesus Christ. The churches in in the New Testament were autonomous, independent churches that didn't have a governing body over them. I mean, they not like you know like some corporate corporate structures. What I mean, and they were not seeking to build huge facades in churches and establish wealth and gain property and gain none of that it was the exact opposite they would lay what up the people in the church would lay up what they had extra in store and they would distribute it to those in need to those that were um, in need in their own church that was that's pretty much new testament I did a whole study on this a long time ago called 
New Testament giving compared to the Old Testament Levitical tithe. Just key in uh, giving or maybe Levitical or tithe in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Got into it all biblically. Proved, you know, what is biblical giving in the New Testament era that we're in. And, and um, <clears throat> the Vatican is the absolute quintessential essence of greed, um, evil, filth, <laughs> wickedness, all of these assets that they have been acquiring for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years through all kinds of nefarious ways and, and, and underhanded things that they've done to accumulate this amount of wealth. And yet, this devil has the audacity to go up there and browbeat humanity about how we need to give up more, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. And so many people buy it, because he'll drive around in a Fiat to get transported after he gets off his gigantic plane. And lives in literally like a, you know, <laughs> the Vatican, which is its own city with gigantic walls and... Anyway, um... <clears throat> The Vatican has billions of shares in the most powerful international corporations such as Gulf Oil, Shell, General Motors, Bethlehem Steel, General Electric, International Business Machines, TWA, etc. Note that it was not billions of uh, dollars, but billions of shares, which a lot of times are worth you know, one share is typically going to be worth way more than a dollar, especially on a, on a successful company. Moreover, the church owns several billions dollars dollars worth of gold according to the United Nations World Magazine, with a large portion of it stored as gold ingots at the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank with the remainder stockpiled in Swiss and British banks. The Vatican's headquarters of the Roman Catholic Church is the, is the headquarters of the Roman Catholic Church and represents a 1.2 billion people in 180 nations in the world. The Vatican is a two-and-a-half square mile complex on the Tiber River in Rome. <clears throat> the church's real estate holdings are enormous in that they own local churches, which are, and this is the time of this writing, who knows what it is now, 220,000 churches worldwide. Massive cathedrals, 3,300 worldwide. 3,300! 220,000 churches! They own these. And colleges, 1,358 worldwide. I know that when I, I moved out of Fort Myers, they were building that gigantic college in the, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Um, Ave Maria, I think. <clears throat> we went to it, Taylor and I did. And oh, man, was it weird. It was just like in the middle of nowhere. And I, I knew, knew Southwest Florida pretty good as far as... It wasn't even a place I ever went. You kind of found it and it was this really weird... Just like out in the middle of nowhere, like the city that they put up. Because there were housing developments there. And it was all for people that I guess maybe worked or lived or, or priests or whatever for them. And we went into the church. And man, what a creepy place that was. I mean, you could just feel the evil. You could literally feel it. You know, I went there to, to, to pray against They were having a, uh, some type of mass when we were there. You know, it was, and, and it's it's kind of fuzzy now because it's been a little while, but that's just one. I graduated from a Catholic high school, you know, 
in in Fort Myers. So I mean, I I got a, a chance to you know really literally you know see a lot of the hypocrisy and and a lot of what they're talking about here. Um, so they have. 1,358 colleges worldwide, and who knows what it is now, along with monasteries and nunneries all over the globe. The church has been squirreling away billions of dollars of inheritance from the, quote, faithful that have been invested worldwide for hundreds of years. I mean, we're talking about, collectively, the richest institution on the planet. I don't, I don't really see anybody that would be able to compare to them. Apart from the hoarded gold, thousands of church buildings, thousands of estates, they own thousands of art, thousands of pieces of art, books, sculptures, and relics that are impossible to even guess their value. The Roman Catholic Church's emphasis upon relics, and this is like when, you know, they have they say they have the toe bone of, of John the Baptist or the finger of some other dead who they would term as saint. Um, this emphasis on relics is an embarrassment to any sane people. I've done a lot of studies on this too. In 1881, the New York Times published an article condemning the silly worship of relics. And again, nowhere in the Bible to worship dead people or dead appendages of supposed Catholic saints. That is some morbid garbage there. That is some sick, evil, pagan, morbid garbage. But Catholics eat it up. Makes them feel religious. And like they're holier than thou, I guess. I don't know. Um, and they recounted an amusing anecdote of two French monasteries that each possessed what they claimed to be the head of John the Baptist. The monks, with amazing mental gymnastics, explained this uncomfortable detail by saying that the first skull belonged to John as a man, while the smaller skull was from when he was a boy. That's what they said. And they're, they're no less wicked today. I mean, I've, I've put out, I've got files. I've, I've done many, many studies where they've actually went in. I mean, some of these things, they're just bones everywhere. Bones of the martyrs, probably a lot of them true, born-again Christians, that literally make up the walls and, and, the, and the arches on these churches. The heads and the skulls, and the, they'd have all the thigh bones together and the arm bones together, and they would actually literally make huge like bone sculptures with these things in these churches and they're still there to this day and these catholics go and and worship at these i mean talk about evil talk about a unbelievably dark satanic institution that has millions duped and this devil's the head of it the pope the current pope a church in saint omer boasted of having the lance that pierced his side i think it's called the the uh um Oh, the um, Spear of Longinus. Yeah, it's called the Spear of Longinus. Hitler was trying to get it because there's this legend that said anybody that had the Spear of Longinus, this was the one that the I believe the Roman centurion uh, put into his side and then blood and water came out, that anybody that possessed that could rule the world, essentially. And um, that's what they believed, at least. Anyway, um... <clears throat> So this church in St. Omer boasted of having the lance that pierced the side, some manna, uh, that also some manna that dropped from heaven to feed the Jews, Aaron's rod, and the original stone Ten Commandments. 
Three different churches in France boasted of the complete corpse of Mary Magdalene, and five different French churches boasted of the relic of Christ's circumcision. One cathedral boasts of having some hairs of the Lord's beard and the left arm of John the Baptist, while the other monasteries claim now the right arm. If some enterprising monks really got to work, they might be able to put John back together again the way that they're going. Calvin wrote of his holy blood that it was exhibited in more than a hundred places. Uh, and that is not only relic, relic worship, but it's also blasphemy. But each item, I mean, this is idolatry. We're not to bow down to idols. We're not to do that. That is, you know, <laughs> part of the Ten Commandments. It's, 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 it's part of what you see all through the Old and, and even the New Testament. That is paganism. That is evil, okay? Um, but anyway, going forward, it says, each item would sell at a premium today if they sold everything quickly. They could always discover more relics if they wanted more money. I'm sure they would just buy into it, the Catholics. Now, comment. I, I saw a clip of a show called Drugs, Inc. I don't advise you watch the show. I'm just saying I saw this clip, and it said, and it was where they raided a Mexican drug house in Oakland, California. And they all had, when they raided this drug house, okay, the first thing you saw when the SWAT team went through the doors is this big crucifix on the wall, okay? And a whole altar slash shrine to St. Jude, who evidently is known as the patron saint of drug dealers. <laughs> so this is, now I know they also use um, um, Santa Muerte, the angel of death. I'm surprised they didn't have Santa Muerte because that's one of the main ones the hardcore drug users are using now. But they had a whole whole altar shrine to St. Jude, the patron saint of drug dealers. And at the end of the show, they showed the address of this house. And it, was, and it wasn't like it was just little numbers. It was literally like in wrought iron over the front gate. And it was 666 over the house. And these people believe that they have favor from God because they pray to these given devils in the Catholic religion. It doesn't always have to be Catholic, but it seems to be with uh, um, Mexican and Central American drug dealers, you know, you're going to see a lot of that because, you know, of the, the, the Spaniards that came in there and they brought the Catholics in and, and that goes back, you know, hundreds of years to when they established their brand of, of uh, Catholicism there. And it's, it's, it's been integrated into their society this, to this day. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, they, they, they literally believe that, that they're going to get protection from God and that God excuses what they're doing, ruining people's lives, bringing in crystal meth and cocaine and, and um, you know that type of typically it's more hardcore stuff on, on these guys and they literally believe that they're they're going to gain protection and i'm sure from a demonic standpoint that they do to a certain extent i saw another clip where they had a whole shed in the back with an and this is a whole other raid where um they had an altar dedicated to he's called jesus malverde jesus is jesus evidently in um their language jesus malverde who is another patron saint of drug runners, with evidence of all kinds of animal sacrifice made to this devil in this shed. You saw all these, like, feathers and stuff, and, and um, where they'd killed birds and all these things. 
So they take their they take their uh, their devil religion very seriously, and this is where they're going to to get their protection. And it's no wonder that Catholicism melds so well with voodoo, with Santeria, with um, all of the other pagan traditions you'll see in, in Mexico and in Central America that are offshoots of, of probably ancient times with the uh, Aztecs and the Mayans and these types of people. They would amalgamate all this together because, see, you had your idolatry in Catholicism. So you go to voodoo today, or you go to Haiti, where voodoo is the number one religion, 99% of the people practice it, according to their statistics, last time I checked, 90% of them also practice Catholicism. Why? Because it's so easily, easy to integrate the two. They're, they're very, uh, very, very, very compatible. So this is a big reason why Catholicism is so popular in these uh, outright heathen and pagan nations that were originally that from from indigenous times past of course when you look at haiti in there the the um that those are the slaves that came over on the ships that essentially they weren't there originally but they brought their their um black magic african tribal magic over and eventually melded it dedicated the whole country to haiti and then melded it with catholicism i had a lot of patients that were Haitian at one time, and, and I mean, wow. <laughs> Never been around any people quite like that. Got along with them fine, but man alive, it just seemed like every one of them were, were habitual liars. I'm, I'm sorry, but it just seemed like everybody I met. And, and the worst ones were the so-called pastors, you know. And it was always about power and money. And they would do, you know, they they would use witchcraft. I've told the stories about how I stuff that they they try to kill me, man. When they were high level witch doctors in Fort Myers, and evidently they knew about it all the way to Miami. Them trying to kill me. Um, key in supernatural in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com, and you'll, you'll you'll hear my supernatural experiences. That's the I don't want to go into it again, but um, yeah, I know all about that stuff. And so I've battled voodoo on more than one occasion. And um, this all is, is very, very compatible This with the whole idol worship and idolatry. And Catholicism is very, very compatible with it all. Now, going back to the uh, main report here, uh, during the mid-4th century, Cyril of Jerusalem wrote that already the whole world is filled with fragments of the wood of the cross. Uh, more than 40 shrouds of Jesus exist. 40 shrouds! So the story goes. Now, if you want to see a good study I did on that, and it's not super long because it's so easy to debunk, go in and can either Turin or Shroud um, in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. And, and it, it's so easy to debunk it biblically uh, that, that shroud, the Shroud of Turin is not the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. And it just so happens that, that, that the image on that thing just looks like all the, the same pictures that you see in the uh, uh, Michelangelo did of the false, fake, Sananda Emmanuel, Master Jesus, that we're going to be seeing on the scene probably pretty quick here, or sometime in the very near future. The false Jesus. Just kind of kind of a coincidence that he looks just like him, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> so that, incredibly easy to debunk. Shroud of Turin, um, biblically speaking. Now, if you don't use the Bible, sure, you know, you can believe whatever you want, but biblically speaking, it's, it's really easy. Um... 
going forward here, more than 40 shrouds of Jesus exist, so the story goes. Uh, Exeter Cathedral displayed parts of the candle that the angel of the Lord used to light the tomb of Jesus and the fragments of the bush from which God spoke to Moses. I mean, anything to make a buck. Really? It's really what it's about. Anything to make other people think, wow, this is such a holy place. I'm standing on sacred ground. Who else but God would let this uh, an institution be in charge of such venerated relics such as these? This must be of God. See how where you make all the leap, the mental leaps here, believing that Catholicism has to be of God, because you're trusting in your own heart, and he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, according to the word of God, Proverbs twenty eight twenty six. And there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Okay, so you have all of these verses that are clearly saying don't trust in your own heart. Trust in the word of God. But they don't do that. And that's the primary reason that Catholics are so unbelievably totally deceived. They don't go by the word of God. They don't trust it. And it's just one part of their of their um, cult that really, for the large, for a, by and large, that they ignore that part. They 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 ignore the the whole the scriptural aspect of things, um, and they have to in order to justify their actions. So going forward here, um, <clears throat> then then he he ends this by saying, "I seem to remember the words of P. T. Barnum." that are most appropriate here. And I think that's the whole, a sucker's born every second. <laughs> P.T. Barnum, the, the guy of Ringling Brothers or whatever, the circus, you know? <laughs> and it really is, a sucker's born every second regarding all, all of this garbage that people go to see. And then you have Maitreya, and Maitreya is, is on the miracle bandwagon, and, and he has a whole gigantic swaths of his United Nations-sponsored website, devoted to all of his supposed miracles they're very very catholic like a lot of times people see crosses in their windows and he takes credit for that and then energize it of waters and he takes credit for that and and in certain statues producing milk and he takes credit for that and certain miracles happening remember when the antichrist and the false prophet come the main way they're going to deceive the whole planet is through signs and lying wonders and miracles that's the main way they're and and the catholics are already so there they're already so primed for that that even though I, there's a lot of disgruntled Catholics with the Pope because he's doing so many unbiblical things and, and even Catholics are getting disgruntled with him, a lot of them. I believe that unless they get saved before then, or unless they repent about their idolatry and get out of that death cult, that they're still going to go right back to the filth from which they were may, maybe being drawn from, you know, a dog returning to his own vomit. Some of them are kind of starting to see the light, but, you know, they need to see the light now because when these signs and lying wonders and miracles come from the false prophet and the antichrist, when those start to kick into high gear, or if you have, let's say, an alien, supposed alien invasion, and they're all in on this together, and it's this big one signs and wonders, false wonders show, there are going to be so many people on planet Earth that buy it all hook line and sinker just because of that it doesn't matter what their rhetoric's going to be the signs and line wonders and miracles are going to be enough for them to sell their soul and beg for the mark of the beast that's all that's all it's going to take 
is what I'm trying to say. It's a really big deal, the deception that's coming and why people are going to deceive. And Catholics are, are already in that mindset from what I've observed. I mean, Jesus Christ, again, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We're not to seek after a sign. And then you have the Pope, and, and you would think if he really represented true Bible-believing Christianity, he would be absolutely hated among all men. Jesus Christ said you will be hated among all men as a true born-again Christian. You know? And the whole fiery trial, which is to try you and in, 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 in to be not amazed at the persecution. He's under, he's under no persecution. The world, by and large, loves him. And the Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. That, that Bible verse alone, you would want to really, really look at him with caution. Then you see what comes out of his mouth. Then you see the fruit of the Catholic Church. You see all the Mars. You see the pedophile priesthood. You see all the wickedness. that You see how they're on board with the New World Order agenda. And it's just all the more obvious that this is absolutely nothing more than pretty much near the spear tip of Satan to implement the New World Order. But see, the Catholic religion has to bring as many people over to the mother whore church from the Protestants as possible to make that transition easier for Satan, for the false prophet, the Antichrist. They want to get as many people into their camp right now and in the near future. It's very near and dear to Satan. He wants to get as many people into hell on the lake of fire as possible is where this all ends up. And it's all said and done. The Roman Catholic Church is the wealthiest corporation in the world. Nothing compares to it, yet it was allegedly started, they claim, by Jesus Christ. This doesn't pass the smell test. Matthew 8, 20, and I put this verse in here. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He owned basically nothing. They always had you know, enough money to do what they needed to do, but it was not, like, extravagant. It wasn't, like, way more. That was never indicated in Scripture. He had nowhere to even lay his head. He had no property, he had no holdings, he had no... And yet, they they claim that, that you know, Jesus Christ is, is the one that, you know, basically started their church. And we are expected to believe that Christ lived and died poor and passed on to Peter and the future popes the office that permitted them to wear gold-embroidered silk robes and possess wealth and treasures unknown and have a mansion with 1,100 rooms. Because they say Peter was the first pope, which is total garbage and lies. It, everything Jesus Christ stood for was the exact polar opposite of what the Catholic Church stands for. What... And it's one of the few times you ever saw Jesus Christ get really mad and lash out were the Pharisees and the Sadducees, which were the religious leaders of the day that were taking people to hell through their works-based garbage where they had added to the word of God and they would appear like they're all these big religious leaders and they're so wonderful and everybody would venerate them in these things. But Jesus Christ called them um, whitened sepulchers full of dead men's bones, the Pharisees and Sadducees, serpents and vipers. He called them that. You know? So you, you can't ever say Jesus Christ never uh, called anybody a, let's say, a derogatory name, because he did. Called them serpents and vipers. 
I mean, he's in, in white sepulchers full of dead man's bones. I mean, that's pretty bad. A, a, a sepulchre's a tomb. And so, and I don't mean that in, in any kind of irreverent way, but I'm, I'm just saying that, that, you know, these people need to be called out. What he did was right. What he did was true. Well, the Catholic Church is the modern day, and I understand you still have Pharisees and Sadducees in, in the Jewish religion. Um basically you know the whole rabbinical system there but the catholic church has done far more damage as far as the millions of souls it's condemned to hell and will condemn to hell and it's uh its place in the coming new world order it's has done and will do the blood of all the martyrs all the children that have been raped by it all of the evil satanic cover-ups that go on every day it has done far more damage than the Pharisees and Sadducees have done, you know, most likely from a religious standpoint, as far as the amount of people it's influenced. Um, so they're the modern day equivalent of the Pharisees and Sadducees, and Jesus Christ would say the same thing to them, if not even more sternly. The Bible says, call no man father but your father in heaven, yet all the priests call themselves father. The priests believe they have the literal power to change the 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 uh, wine in the Catholic communion host into the literal, I don't mean figurative, I mean literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. And that Jesus Christ has to continually be re-crucified on the cross in order to pay for their sins every week at the Catholic Mass. And this ability to turn this into the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ is a, is a process, a magical process that the, that the priests possess known as transubstantiation. It is absolute total blasphemy, and this is the exact reason why with Catholics you always see Jesus Christ on a crucifix. He's still on the cross to them. He's being continually re-sacrificed for their sins every week. It's, it, it's, not, it's not finished like Jesus Christ said. You know, they made the cross of Christ of none effect. And not only that, but that's just one of the ways they have to atone for their sins. They gotta atone through it through you know, purgatory when they're dead and then, and then maybe hopefully someone will have some masses to get them out of there and then you got to do all the works, you got to do the seven sacraments to get make sure that, you know, your time in purgatory is not that long and all of this stuff where you're never ever sure about your salvation at all. And that, that works out to the Catholic Church's favor because they like to keep people on edge. They like to keep people guessing and, and it, it makes it easier to control them because, see, they supposedly hold the keys to heaven. So, you know, you get, in, you get in good with your priest and you do all of your Catholic garbage and, and, and hopefully, you know, you get out of purgatory quicker when this is all said and done. It's total blasphemy. The tradition of men have made the word of God of none effect, as the Bible says. So, um, let's go further here. Uh, let's see. Francis, it's time to make history, secular and religious, by having the biggest and richest yard sale in the history of Saint, at St. Peter's Square, and at the same time, clean out your closets of all those old relics. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting a hold of one of those fingers, you know, one of those, like, I don't know, thousand-year-old fingers. They're black and crusted over. I mean, who wouldn't want one of those? You could, you could lacquer it, and you could wear it around your neck. I think it'd make a nice keepsake. It would. It wouldn't be too ostentatious. A little pretentious, but not too ostentatious to wear on public. Yeah, I mean, some people might be offended by it. Um, if you lightly lacquer it, though, it won't. It won't smell. 
is bad, probably. I can remember when I took this this trip up to Alaska when I was young, when I was like 10, and the big thing up there at the time, I don't know if it, they still do this or not, they were lacquering uh, moose droppings. And they would make like moose swizzle sticks. Like, you know, it's a swizzle stick you stir a drink with and they would have this lacquered piece of moose dropping. And they're, they, they look like a small version. They're like the shape of a, I don't know, like a small egg is what they look like. They're, they're pretty well formed and I guess it made it easy to lacquer them and mass produce they they make like houses with them and they build all kind of stuff and i i just remember going in there when i was and going into like these these shops on the side of the road you know in alaska and, and everywhere you went there was lacquered moose droppings in, in every conceivable configuration you could possibly imagine and needless to say, I didn't give in to the temptation. I never bought one. or I mean, even back then, I had enough sense to know that. But yeah, evidently, they must have been selling like hotcakes because, you know, although I would imagine they could always, you know, the demand would never outstrip the supply as long as you had enough mooses, you know, or moose, whatever, moose in plural. Um, you know, because they could just churn out this product and, and you know, um, have plenty for uh people to uh buy so anyway um it reminds me of that th th this whole relic things kind of puts me in that mindset Har i hearken back to my days in alaska so going forward here um he says sell everything christ was the poorest of the poor and your church is the richest of the rich get poor again and gain a little credibility like that'll ever happen on on with the yard sale i'll see you in saint peter's square next i hope to attend a yard sale sponsored by some of the super rich television evangelists with the proceeds going to the not to the poor non-catholics uh get ready benny hen and trinity broadcasting and morris uh Cirillo and and kenneth copeland and creflo give me a dollar and joel osteen you know the uh oh you know the names go on and on and on joyce meyer i sure she has a like a gold toilet or something read that one time i don't know it's like i don't know 12 or fifteen thousand dollar toilet anyway everybody needs one of those and then you know i'm sure that money couldn't have done any good for the poor the orphans or widows or you know putting out tracks or gospel literature bibles in poor countries now nah. now nah, nah. it's it's better spent on their lavish lifestyle i guess um and I can assure you, I don't live a lavish lifestyle, okay? I may be a doctor and in, in this, but I walked away from that to do this. And, um, you know, so I'm not, I'm not taking, if, if, and I do appreciate our donators and, and the people that have helped us um, uh, stay, stay afloat and keep us in the game. And, and I, I praise God for all of you, and I thank God for your prayers and, and for your donations and things of that nature. And without that, I couldn't do what I'm doing. There's no way, but I, I can assure you, I don't live a, don't live a lavish lifestyle. Um, uh, I think I, I, there's no way God will let me get away with. There, there's no way God's going to let me get away with some level of hypocrisy like that. You know what I mean? I would be absolutely terrified to do what these people do. But it just shows you that their father is the devil, because they don't have any conscience about doing it at all. There's no fear of God whatsoever in these people. You know. I feel like every day if I got what I deserved, I'd get death and hell. 
I'm like, I'm like, God, I can't believe you don't strike me dead today. I don't deserve life. Even, even as a born again Christian, I don't feel worthy. I don't, I just feel like I fail God every single day, every day. And, and it's like, yet these big time televangelists are like doing this and having no problem with their conscience. Evidently they have no fear of God whatsoever. Um, the only thing I can think is that they are literal agents of Satan, that they're literally prepositioned there at the most, and at bare minimum, they have had their conscience seared with a hot iron, as the Bible talks about, and that they've been turned over to a reprobate mind, as the Bible talks about in Romans 1, um, and, and that they've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and spoken lies and hypocrisy and, and have had their conscience seared with a hot iron. 1 Timothy 4.1. So that's the only thing I can really come to the conclusion of regarding them because the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. So that's pretty obvious. I mean, if you're able to do this and you're able to drive around in your, your Bentley and have your private jets and, and, your, and your, you know, 20-room mansions, several of them around the planet, and like Copeland has his own airport, literally, he has Kenneth Copeland Airport. I'm not, not lying. He's his own private airstrip. I mean... It's, I think he's a billionaire now too. Anyway, uh, I, I got into that not too long ago. And these are all the same guys that want to yoke up with the Pope. We've looked at that in recent teachings. We'll, we'll, we will broach that again today. If they were a true born again child of God, do you, God, the Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, then you're bastards. Okay. God loves his own. Okay, I'm not saying he doesn't love unsaved people, but I'm saying that if, if you're part of God's family and you're his child, okay, as a father, you would have a right to spank that person if they were your child and they misbehaved, they did wrong, okay? Whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth, meaning basically like disciplining, punishment, spanking. And if you be without chastisement, you're bastards. Well, I see no chastisement on these, on these devil's lives at all, none. Sometimes, I mean, you'll, you'll see, you'll see where they'll get caught, you know, in some wickedness, but that's not really chastisement. That's, that's just bringing out the, 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 uh, the obvious there. We're, that's bringing out unrepentant sin. Um, no chastisement, then I have to come to the conclusion that you are a bastard. You're an illegitimate son. You say you're a Christian, but you're not, because by their fruits you shall know them. Yeah, I'm not saying that because I miss, think I'm Mr. Perfect, by any stretch of the imagination, but, I mean, you just, you, you couldn't get away with this garbage if you were a true born-again Christian. There's no way. I know there's no way I could, and, and, and I wouldn't even want to even think about doing the garbage. That I would be so scared of what God would do to me, and I would derive no satisfaction in it anyway. You know, I mean, the, as Jesus said, verily you have your reward when you, when you give to be seen among men. Well, verily, like these people, like these televangelists and these people that have gotten rich off uh, pseudo-Christian religion, verily you have your reward in this life. You're going to have, what you have to look forward to is hell and the lake of fire, unless you repent and get saved. But again, if you've been turned over to a reprobate mind, if, if your conscience has been seared with a hot iron, 
there comes a time where God's not going to strive with you anymore. And, and you're not going to, that's it. And I think most of them have crossed that line at that level. And a lot of them are just flat out Satanists. They're just posing as, as Christians. Because they, Satan's prepositioned them there because he knows that in that position they can do the maximum amount of damage to God's kingdom. That's why he puts them there. It's well known in the occult that's one of the most coveted positions because it's the perfect cover and they can do the most damage to their greatest enemy, Christians, as possible by being their pastor or working within the church to destroy it. So, um, anyway, uh, that's, that's all for that part. Oh boy, where am I at on time here? Sorry, I really rambled there. Okay. We're good. Okay, let's go to the next report. Vatican has strictest immigration policy in the world. Women allowed are only allowed in the Vatican if they're married to the Swiss Guard or another or other legal citizen. Because it's literally like its own little country within a country. The Washington Times, this is from then, it's just from a few days ago, September 24th. Pope Francis is more than the head of the Catholic Church. He is also the head of state of the Vatican, which as a government has possibly the most restrictive immigration and citizenship citizenship policies of any nation in the world again just the hypocrisy everywhere i love to point out their absolute rank just like the muslims the, the vatican has its share and in, in you know um as far as just being hypocritical the pope traveling to the u.s for the first time has made a special appeal to americans to welcome immigrants um uh, my comment you mean he means illegal aliens okay Using his address to a joint meeting of Congress Thursday to invoke the golden rule in demanding generosity toward the millions of Central and South Americans seeking to come into the country, immigrant, immigrant rights groups had eagerly anticipated the Pope's message, as had illegal immigrants themselves. Um, Sophie Cruz, a five-year-old U.S. citizen whose parents are illegal immigrants, in other words, they had her as their anchor baby, so eventually they would be granted citizenship once she turned I think a certain age, or actually, no, maybe if, uh, I, know the, I know the baby's granted citizenship. I think the parents are after a certain point, too. Anyway, um, whose parents are illegal immigrants from Mexico, broke through the tight security around the Pope. Oh, I'm sure a little, a five-year-old is going to muscle her way through security, the Pope's security, which is the tightest of any person that's ever visited the United States from what I'm seeing, okay? But this five-year-old little girl broke through the tight security around the Pope during a parade on the National Mall on Wednesday to hand him a letter begging him to pressure Congress and the White House to take steps to grant her parents legal status. Um, and again, the parents did it on purpose. That's what they do. They come over here and have their anchor babies so that they will be granted legal status. It's all totally satanic. They, they don't care about the rule of law, the illegal aliens. They don't. They don't care. And I understand there's some really sad, compelling stories. I get that. But what I always go back to is no matter what you tell me, they're still here illegally. We could never do it in their country. I could never go to Mexico. You go to Mexico, you're going to do a year hard labor at least. You try this. Yet we're supposed to take all of them and ignore the fact that it is illegal what they're doing and then give them all of these benefits and take care of them and do all of these things, draining our own government and our own resources at the expense of our own citizens because we're blessing something that's totally illegal. And now that's not enough. They want us to take all of the Muslims now, 
are, are a ton of them, and more illegal aliens. It's never, see, it's never enough for Satan. He's got to get America totally ruined. He's got to turn America into a third world country. Bottom line. And this is one of the main ways he is accomplishing it. It is satanic. What they're doing. So he's invoking the golden rule and demanding generosity towards millions. Um, anyway, this little girl broke through and um, because evidently she's a little five-year-old, I don't know, maybe powerlifter slash bodybuilder. And she broke through the tight security around the Pope during a parade and on the National Mall on Wednesday to hand him a letter begging him to pressure Congress and the White House to take steps to grant appearance legal status. Uh, and also this was proved totally staged. Just so you know. Again, how could it not be a five-year-old breaks through the tight security perimeter? Well, she covered in Vaseline or something and in in, 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 in in like has some genetic gene for strength and she broke through? <laughs> I mean, come on. It's impossible. It was it was proven totally staged. Ad advocacy groups cheered the words, saying his call for unity and acceptance should be should temper some of the harsh rhetoric that's flared recently. Yeah, put me at the top of the harsh rhetoric, please. And then um, this guy, Frank Sherry, executive director of American Voice, said, At this moment, with many political candidates and elected officials fanning the flames of intolerance and divisiveness. See, that's what we are. We're intolerant and divisive. Let us hope that our leaders take the unholy, I'm sorry, I have to say unholy fathers, powerful message to heart. It's just so amazing how so evil and deceive the masses are how it's just like they're crying out for hell when i see that they're crying out for evil you know and it's like really scary because it's like they have no discernment at all they have no uh i don't know if they've, it's just they've had their conscience seared with a hot iron it's all those devils in them that's blinding them i guess it's a combination thereof but it's still it's 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 hard to it's hard to um, possibly relate to this. R Representative Michael Burgess of Texas, a Texas Republican, said the U.S. is already doing its part to heed the calls for compassion. But again, it's it's still illegal what they're doing. I'm always going to come back to that. But he says the thing that always strikes me when we get into these discussions is the United States takes in more people every year legal legally and um and illegally. Than the rest of the world combined we already take in more people legally and illegally than the rest of the world combined but we're still not doing our part we haven't been ruined enough is what they're saying he said you start from that premise it was 1.7 million last year that we took in you want to add another 400 to 600,000 that came in without the benefit of doing it the right way. What is the right number? If over 2 million is not enough in just one year, that's legal and illegal aliens. Would someone please tell me what the right number is and would the other countries act accordingly? The Vatican, for its part, welcomes millions of visitors a year, but allows only a very, I mean, that's so that they can go in there and give them their money. You know, that's all that's for. That's not, the Vatican's not doing anything. 
other than you know displaying all of their ostentatious idolatrous grandeur with they've got the second biggest obelisk in the world and that st peter's square the the first biggest one is is in washington dc which is the symbol for the phallus symbol bales phallus i mean that's really christian you know right out of pagan egypt i mean that 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 um um obelisk that phallus obelisk in st peter's basilica came straight from egypt I mean, which is like ground zero for where this stuff started. <laughs> oh, it, it, <laughs> it's totally insane. It's just totally satanically insane. It only allow, The Vatican only allows a very select few who meet strict criteria to be admitted as residents or citizens. Only about 450 of its 800 or so residents actually hold citizenship according to the 2012 study of the Library of Congress. The study said that citizens are either church cardinals who reside in the Vatican, the unholy seized diplomats from around the world, and those who have to reside in the city because of their jobs, such as the Swiss Guard. Man, do they dress those guys up dorky. I mean, those dudes look like there's something out of Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Look like, like glorified Oompa Loompas, those, those Swiss Guard. I mean, man, you, I would be caught dead in one of those outfits. Sorry, but man, whoo! I mean, it'd be like if, if you ever invaded the, the Vatican, you came over the hundred foot high walls and you saw those guys, the, the first thing you would do and they would come out to attack you, you would drop to your knees in laughter. And they probably, maybe that's the whole plot there that they would, you know, be able to kill you or subdue you a lot easier because you'd be laughing so hard at their dorky outfits. Sorry, <laughs> but they're pretty bad. Anyway, um... Spouses and children who live in the city because of their relationship with citizens, including Swiss garden workers, such as the gardener, have also been granted citizenship. But that means very few of the Vatican citizens are women. Vatican, well, 